Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Tuesday morning, April 2nd. It's like one of those days. It's the second day of the week. It's the second day of the month. Here we are. And today, I have a question. I put out a video, and I asked people, what do you want me to talk about? Is there anything you want me to talk about? Because we've really dug in, and we really explored so many topics when it comes to how we think, how we feel, how that combines, and and what can we do better with our lives. So Today, I got Francis's question that says, can a soul who does not know what it feels like to be loved, love? And I thought, you know, I met people like this. It's, and, and I'm going to read you what she said. She said, I affirm to them that they do not belong with other people, that they are not good enough. They do not think life is for them to enjoy. They know sharing enjoyment is only for other people. And I have to say, just even reading it, it's been described so well. But just even reading it, I thought, oh, my gosh, I need so many people who, especially longer ago when I I probably was even really good friends with people who would say, things like this, like even say, verbalize this. Oh, no, that's that's for other people. I mean, literally would say that. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, I don't do that. And when you do, when they expect and accept criticism and you may criticize them for anything, for anything, even if it was a color they wore or Let's say their zipper was unzipped, or let's say they forgot something, and oh, yeah, well, I always do that. Oh, I, I do that every time. And, you know, it's like they are so troubled and burdened painting in life that in some ways I used to believe that they needed to be that way to not participate in life. They didn't want to participate in life. And it usually stemmed from a bigger issue, like they were scared to have a partner or they were scared to have a job that they wanted or scared to kind of step up. So they they kind of took the the path of least resistance and they lived by it instead of it being just the least resistance when it needs to find a way. But that was just my thinking then. So let's get on with the rest of the question. That is their truth, their reality, and they just get on with their lives. Yep, exactly. Maybe they see self-love as a myth or a first step that is far, that is much too far beyond their reach. I know a few who are not at all self-involved, spending very little time thinking about themselves, but keeping busy. Question, can they change if they want to? Can people who have never known what it feels like to be loved, love? There you go. I have to say, there's a huge 
on the outside looking in, resistance. You see, you feel like they've resisted what we believe is normal love. Yet, they're just kind of happy campers. They're doing their thing. They're paying their bills. They're living their lives. They're just like on all intents and purposes when you look at them normal. I am going to take this to a different place. There are many kinds of people here on earth, and we all know that. We meet different people every day. We meet people who we think, God, how do they get up in the morning every day? They're doing the same thing every day. And they never want to be involved. And who are they? Well, there are certain people, I call them cogs in the wheel. Think about this. It's not that they've never known love. And then they they try to love. They actually don't feel they even need love in the way that we understand love. For them, their routine, they're kind of keeping everything off and away from them, is a choice. And it wasn't a choice that they made yesterday. It was a choice they made a long time ago. And they became really good at that choice. When you talk to them, They don't talk to you like they're missing much. They are because that act gives them permission by rejecting all the stuff life offers and just kind of staying in their their wheelhouse or staying in their lane. And their little orbit is a very well-crafted spaceship, and they live in it mentally. And it's a choice. So, you know, there's different kinds of people on earth, right? And they are cogs in the wheel going. And they come here to do that. They're not like filler people, but they come here to keep things going. Because so much is going on in life. So many crazy things, especially now. This is like a high point of merging emotions and technology and technologies catching everything on camera. Nobody can get away with anything. Technologies catching things on cell phones. Nobody could get away with anything. Everything's getting hyper exposed. And then we have these people that nobody knows a darn thing about. They may not even be on social media. They may not be on Facebook. They may not be on Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter, Pinterest or anything. They're just not on anything. They live these quiet lives. And I don't know if they're even aware enough of feeling like they need to be loved because they seem to really work well with themselves created a reality of built-in reasons, like, you know, isn't that weird that they appear to expect and accept criticism? Isn't that kind of weird, like that they, they know it's coming, but they set the stage for it to come. 
And what seems like they cannot function and they end up outliving like all these people they live around. They're like the same every day. So when they get the criticism, they need that criticism because it continues to give them permission to not do what the world does right now. And the only reason why they may feel they're not good enough is because they do know that they don't know what's going on in the rest of the world because they made a choice to not know. I have people here actually who are quite intelligent people, really smart people, people who've dedicated their life to very successful business models or building models, and they are doing phenomenal. And yet, they don't want a thing to do with technology. They're 75 plus in years, still kicking, still working. One going to be 81, still working. Working. Like business jobs and taking on business meetings. And they had a conversation with me the other day, and they said, get in on a deal. I think it's like a real estate deal, but a big one, like a big building with over 100 rooms in it that get rented out. And, uh, you know, they pool their money together, and they go in, and, you know, they make a monthly income off it. And one, he doesn't need the money. He's just very intrigued by how this deal is being put together. So he gets a call from the person brokering the deal because everybody who's in the deal gets listed down this list and their age and their phone number and their profession all get put down. Well, when they saw that he's 80, soon to be 81, call that says, you know what? The guy who's putting the deal together is going to call you because you're 80 and they just want to make sure no one's coercing you into this deal and that you're put together. Have some fun with it, but not so much fun that they think you're crazy. And I thought, wow, we can get indirectly criticized, but he has learned to expect that because it's such a shock to people that somebody is that put together at their age. And now he's learned to accept it and expect it. And he's had fun with it. But that's because he has fun all his life. He built fun in to how he thinks and how he feels, even though he may resist a lot of changes. But the more you resist, like let's say the people that Francis is talking about, are into social media slightly, they will use that just as an example to further bolster their case that they don't fit in. Look at how happy everybody is. Look at these pictures. Look at them traveling. Look at their home. Look at their kids. Look at their dog. You know, whatever it is that they can use to tell themselves that they are not good enough so that kind of not have to change. Permission, permission, permission. Never forget that everything we have in our lives is there with our permission. Let's say 
the example we used of the man who was going to get the phone call to make sure his <laughs> ducks were in a row to do a business deal accepted criticism instead of laughed at it. He would not have been participating in the deal in the first place, let alone get to the point of getting a call to question whether or not he was okay enough to do a business deal. To the mindset, it all goes back to what you want. And we will accept whatever it takes to get what we want. That's what we do. And we do it with everything. So the reason I chose this question from all the questions and started with this question was there was another question about self-love that we'll do next week. But the bigger question here was, can people who have never known what it feels like to be loved, love? Because it looks like they have to change to be loved or feel loved. What you're really seeing is somebody who settled at love in a different way than you understand love. Because we all all create the reality we have in our lives. Whatever your life has in it today, at this moment, whatever it is that exists in your world, in your orbit right now, if you really take it back and you start to unpack it, you will see where you were involved in its inception in some way. You brought it in. You brought it in. And then when you start to ask yourself, why did I bring it in? Why did I need that particular event? Why did I need to do that? Why did I need it that way? Why did I need it from that person? What was I doing that day before that stepped into my world or into my life? Who was I before that happened? What was I thinking before it happened? Not just at the moment it happened, but before it happened. To accept what happened instead of reject it. Because think about it. We reject a lot of stuff all day. Oh, no, I would never do that. I'm not interested in that. I don't even know why that showed up at my door. We can walk right away from it. And yet other things we get sucked in like crazy glue to win it. In it to win it. And we don't even know why. And as we get in it, maybe the person attracted us. Maybe they were just attractive and we couldn't imagine that something was wrong inside. Maybe the job, the money that it paid, made us feel like we could put up with anything because the security of that money was going to help ourselves and our families. And then we get in and we find out we have to compromise things like our time or maybe, maybe even our integrity. I've had that. And you have to ask yourself, can I stay here under these circumstances? And all of a sudden the money doesn't feel the same. And you're like, 
God, how did I get myself into this mess? Well, you got yourself there because you wanted to help your family. But maybe there's other ways you can do that. So having people who are spending very little time thinking about themselves but keeping busy, they set up their lives to be able to keep busy in that way, not have to think about themselves. They're not really self-involved. They aren't so far that you think they can't be reached. They've been reached. But it's like some people only want to be reached once or twice, and then they put it on pause or mute, and then they just go about their lives doing the same things over and over again and being very busy. Cogs in the wheel. They help life continue for all the craziness that needs to happen because we do need cogs in the wheel. The wheels do need to turn. And that's why I call it that. I remember, like, every time I even say the word cogs in the wheel, where I grew up in Chicago on a block, never moved. People don't move in Chicago. It's hard to sell a house in Chicago. You can have the best house on earth, but go try and sell it. It could be worth over a million dollars, and you cannot sell it easily. I know somebody who has a house, and they wanted to move into the city from the suburbs when their kids grew up, and they couldn't sell their home. And it's worth $1.2 million by Chicago standards, 5,000 square feet, a pool, an Olympic-sized pool in the backyard, three-car garage, three floors on the house, a wine cellar, a pool table, a whole game room, and a workout room. You name it, that house has it. They couldn't sell it. Because everyone else who has a house built it to live in it forever. And growing up on our block, people died in their homes. And the only time those homes were sold for younger families that were starting out, because they're the ones looking, when that happened, it's when their house is sold. Once all their kids are married and living somewhere else, because that's when people are really, really looking. But to get up and move from your neighborhood is huge in Chicago. It's huge. People just don't do it. You built your whole identity by the literal street you live on. So when you say you're from the Midwest to somebody on the West Coast, the minute they look at you, they think stability. Person knows what it's like to work because we don't pay attention to constant turnover. We're just living our daily lives. Once we have an address, we don't need another one. Interesting mindset, different ways of living. And in a way, these people that we think or assume for them that they don't know how to love, they've chosen, chosen a lifestyle that gives them comfort. And it may look uncomfortable from the outside, but they definitely don't want to change, which is why they don't change. And it may also look on the outside, like they fear change. But really, all they've done is made a decision 
They're like the stable labels. You can go to them at any time. You have conversations with them, and you'll realize how much they know about certain topics because those are the things they do every day. There are the people that, if they have a garden, you'll see them out there every single day. It's their job. The man out there dusting his car off every day with a rag, and it's always shiny. But he does it every day. Or they sit on the porch at 5 o'clock before dinner every single day. Every night after dinner, they're out on a walk. Every single day. And in a way, they become staples of stability for other people because you always know where they will be and when they will be there. They're always home at this time to this time. We woven in routines of life in their own life. Nothing is ever as it seems. And then you have other people who try to stick to a routine. And they can't. Something always comes up every single day. Something shows up at their door and they don't know where it came from. And it just hijacks their day and they go with it. And at the end of the day, they're like, holy cow, what happened to my day? Where did that come from? Our mindset that accepts whatever might come in is where it came from. That same thing happened to Stable Abel over here, the little cog in the wheel. They'd say, oh, no, I can't do that. My routine will get interfered with. Nope, no way will I do that. Think about it. That's why it doesn't happen to them. That's why their days don't get hijacked. If something shows up at their door, not mine, they have a definite line in the sand. They know exactly what they will accept and what they won't. To them, maybe a difference in their day would be the postman ringing the doorbell instead of leaving the package on the thing and they actually spoke and met to with the postman that day. And that would be different. That would be what was different. They will generally shop at the same grocery stores, buy the same groceries. If there's a new trend in food, they may not try it because they already made those decisions. Really, really think about that. They already made those decisions and they only needed to make them once. They knew that they any interference in their daily life. They already knew. And, and, you know, another deeper way to look at it is they've made decisions. The only difference between them and someone who looks like they're moving faster in life is that to them, they only needed to make those decisions once where we're making constant decisions. And I know, like, when I ate car or I had meningitis back in the day, I went into places where I felt that structure was really important. It kind of happened out of need, but I knew that I can only do and handle so much every day. And I knew I had to sleep for so many hours a day 
for my body to heal. And I, I was, without even realizing it and not planning it, I went into a routine I couldn't break until I started to feel like I had more awake time. But when I didn't have all that stimulus into my life and something came in, it wiped me out. So I had to do something extraneous longer than I could. Because when, when I was healing from the meningitis, you just needed to sleep. And I slept like 18 hours a day. But if I lost even two hours of sleep, it would throw me off. So I had to make sure that whatever was going to come into my world, if I couldn't stay awake to take care of it, I know it was like a strict line in the sand, but it's probably the last time I ever lived with a line in the sand. And there's something kind of nice about that. Even though it wasn't for me, there was something nice about having a sense of knowing what to expect in my days. Kind of way more adventurous than that emotionally and mentally, but when you need to, there's a healing aspect to it that I believe these people understand. And again, you said it perfectly in your question because you didn't say they expect and accept criticism. You say they appear to expect and accept criticism, and there's a reason why you said that. Because that was their built-in, hey, I will accept that from people so that I will be left alone. And it keeps me here. I need them to say that so that that I have made a good decision. My investment in the way I want my life depends on that. And it may look like they actually don't think they're good enough, but really what they're saying is, hey, you know what? I am not good enough for what they want in their lives, but I am good enough for what I want in mine. And that's why they seem like they're just happy doing what they're doing. And there is a sense of happiness. There is definitely a reward. They don't see self as a myth. They actually understand themselves far more than we expect. Again, nothing is as it seems, nor as it is seen. It's not beyond their reach. Again, they make decisions. We all make decisions. And the they are sometimes we fall into those periods so we can kind of understand the need for not much change. There's some of us that sometimes we get so much change that we almost freak out because it's too much change and we can't assimilate the change. And it's happening around us like a tornado. So remember from when I had meningitis. You know, all the whole bill thing and all the paperwork and being inundated every month with a stack of stuff you have to answer. And back in the day, it was through the mail. But I remember once going to bed and seeing that as a tornado on the side of my head, separate from me. And it was the first time I was able to separate me from all the attachments that were put on us. And they seemed to have found that way. And they stayed there. They stayed there. And as you get to know them, you realize they own way more of their lives than you, you can put together. 
sometimes the, the people we think we need to help or fix actually could probably help us at times already answered their questions. See, they just did it once. But we keep growing, we keep pushing, we keep challenging. They've decided that, and this is where I'm happy, my happy place. Now I have to put up with stuff from other people a little bit here and there. But they are enjoying themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. You guys, I'm already out of time. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.